What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon. And your girl, Liz. And this is the Ain't That Something Podcast. A, a tripod, tripod production. production. Okay, guys, we're back. We were finishing up some baking we were doing. What are we making? We were making... Uh, copycat Cheddar Bay Biscuits from Red Lobster. They actually came out really good. Yeah, I haven't been to Red Lobster in a long time, but they were really good. And they were not from a box, just to yeah. clarify. So Liz and I were in the kitchen. We were uh, listening to some Summer Hits 2000s and some Kehlani. And then we started to get talking and then uh, the conversation came up and I was like, hey, let's save that for the podcast. So Liz, are you okay if we start talking about what you want to talk about? Yeah, that's fine. It was so the conversation kind of picked up where we last stopped on this podcast with like trauma and everything and how you grow from it and growing pains and then we were kind of started talking about our own individual experiences and kind of thought it would be a good idea to talk about it here so um, we can start with mine. 2019 has been a hefty year for me. A lot has happened that made me grow and shape to the person I am and like how I view things and my perspective. It was a lot, but so the, and it started right in the beginning, straight up 2019, January. Um, I just got out of this complicated relationship sort of deal. And then my family, especially my sister has a history of mental health issues, especially mm -hmm. depression. And um, it's been something she's been going through for a while, like since her senior year of college. And mind you, she's two years older than me. And this is my sophomore year of college. Well, you're talking past tense, correct? Yeah, 2019 was my sophomore year of college. It's been, her depression's chronic and it gets better and worse at some times. And at, during this time, it's at the worst part. And um, so one weekend, right in the beginning of January, my friends from home came over to stay with me and I was supposed to go home with them back that following Sunday for a doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, that more and like the day before they came over because we went to Jesse McCartney concert with Jesse McCartney. It was so funny. Never come back. Is yeah, that really? he was at the Fillmore and it was actually a fun time. Are you, are you a fan of Jesse McCartney? Um, not like following him but like i mean his music it really throws me back to yeah. my days as a kid my relationship with my parents and my sister that was very rocky because i didn't even know how to process my own emotions and like from that whole experience like i never went home because i didn't want to deal with that bullshit. but at the same time i like felt so bad i wasn't there to support my parents and everything because they were going through a lot and like from this whole situation i've like seen them age so much and i kind of realized like their more mortality from the situation and i appreciate them so much more because of that but yeah i like never went home because i didn't want to deal with that because I didn't even know how to process my own emotions I just stayed on campus tried to repress all my feelings and like live my life 
and try to enjoy myself here because in addition to that like while my sister was going through all the depression having immigrant parents who can't speak english mm -hmm. very well like or understand mental health in this society when they grew up in a different country and then i find myself that's like a recurring thing and like the, a lot of my relationships that i go into it's just like i find myself trying to fix people or being responsible for people and that's kind of like the energy i attract so people latch on to me because they know I'll take care of them, but like I don't necessarily like get like the same appreciation reciprocated back, and then it leads to me like of course like going into toxic relationships, which I learned. So I'm like trying to like not <laughs> go and like develop relationships with people like that. But yeah, so that was a rough year, and then so during that year, I've like done a lot of cool stuff, trying to like negate all that baggage that happened but I had a really close friendship that ended through that and she was like the kind of person like she also had mental health issues and a lot of people in my family in my life growing up have mental health issues so like I kind of know how to deal with it but um but yeah but because of that I'm like used to it and I like I guess like I said before I attract the kind of people who like depend on me and like I'm very like emotionally not available, but like I'm open to listen. I'm a good listener with that kind of stuff. And then, so I had a really close friendship with her and she like was like, went a lot of through mental and like physical health situations, personal issues that she always confided in me. And, but then as time went on, I like felt like I wasn't getting any appreciation and reciprocation back from it and like a lot of my other friends and our mutual friends noticed that too and kind of like told me like yo like Liz this is kind of getting toxic for you you should get out and then I also like throughout the summer and throughout the year I like started reciprocating symptoms of like depression like being like overburdened by like both of these situations where I felt responsible for people's feelings and didn't have time for my own and so like I didn't I didn't notice them then but until now I like noticed but like so this friendship we ended up going to France that summer in August for my birthday and let me tell you that trip was very interesting I don't regret going on that trip I did have some good memories and everything and me and her like we're on good terms and neutral terms now like we don't like I don't resent her at all like throughout our whole friendship like we had a ton of good times and like she like helped me build my confidence and figure out who I was and everything and she's like she was dependable too but like we just started growing apart and you know that trip really like made our break our friendship because we were together like just the two of us for two weeks and just realized how different we were but like when things were like about to cut off it was like it was messy because like after the trip came back we were supposed to move in together like two weeks after but that didn't happen because things were so messy and we had to like figure all that out but then we came to terms later after like time passed and we like processed everything how we just grew apart and we wanted to be civil that happened but like just coming out of a relationship that was so strong like our friendship was like we were inseparable and everything just like coming out of that was emotionally draining and then what happened when my family was emotionally draining that left me like 
dried and burnt out for 2020 and I don't know if you noticed but I talked about this in the last podcast like me coming into my junior year in fall winter I just did not feel like myself I overworked myself trying to distract myself from all the feelings that I had because also from that friendship she I like basically was like a copycat of her because we spent so much time together because like her personality is what attracted me at first to become friends because she was very confident outgoing on the surface but like as I got to know her like on the inside she's truly very it's gone through a lot and it's very insecure and everything and I kind of like developed those insecurities about myself too so I was going through a bad time and I'm still like working on that today like yeah so like going into 2020 it was rough because I was dealing with all the emotional stuff that and I still am right now like there's still stuff from my past that like is still ongoing like with my family and everything that I'm still like I'm learning how to cope with it and build resilience towards it and but I've like from that time I've like learned like who's in my life who I can be accountable for and like who I really am and trying to stop living for other people and everything and I think this trauma has like made me grown and mature a lot like I think like the person like even who I am now from when I was in the beginning of quarantine or the winter, like two different people. You said that people. in the last podcast. Yeah, know. two different people. <laughs> and I feel like these are like the only things I talk about, but it's been like so heavy and like traumatic on my life that like I like want to talk about it because I'm just so proud of how much I've grown. But yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Like, I, <laughs> I hope that helps people because that's really, really important. I mean, we all go through so much you know, different lives, but similar situations. Yeah, that's, like, the one thing, like, I've, like, learned is, like, I'm such an advocate for mental health and speaking about your feelings, even though, like, I do still repress my feelings a lot, but I think it's, like, I've learned so much about how cathartic it feels to, like, share your experiences and how people can learn to feel, like, less lonely and everything. So I think, like, I mean, I'm glad this can be a platform for me to share, like, an experience and like if anyone out there like wants something to talk about or someone there to listen like i'm all ears to your disclosure you have, do you have time to listen yeah i, I mean i'll have like for stuff like this when it's affecting people mentally and they need an outlet or at least someone they could confide to or things that they like will listen because like apparently i'm a very good listener to a lot of people i will be there like if anyone wants talk about it so you mentioned that you uh started seeing your parents as i don't know exact words but you started recognizing their mortality I, that's something that i've been dealing with for like a long time as a ever since i was a child my dad has this disease where when he was younger his trachea was open uh you know the trachea right yeah. so he used to have to put his fingers on his throat so he could talk and communicate because he has uh he has a, a condition that uh nodules like polyps grow on his throat to the point where it's unable he's unable to breathe um and he can't talk and it's really really bad so as a child it was either have surgery all the time or have his trachea open so when he got older he decided that he wanted he he wanted to have the trachea open he didn't want to have it open anymore so he got it closed but now he has to get surgeries every six weeks it used to be every uh, six months and before that it used to be just once a year but when I was nine years old uh, my mom used to pick me up from school early so we could go check on my dad something went wrong during the surgery and he coded 
um, which means like his he dropped really low and they had and I saw my father um, for the first time uh, on a hospital bed with a th- tube down his throat down his mouth just in and out in and out in and out and that's for me when I realized like how not immortal my parents are and that's something that stuck with me to today like I get I refuse to go to the hospital with him um, I, I know it, it's just something I can't do it's very yeah. selfish you know but like I just can't be in that situation I don't I don't want to see my father like that and I guess it scared me you know and I didn't never really knew how to deal with that and when I was younger I used to like lash out with different things and I never knew it was like something because I was dealing with that and it wasn't until I started doing therapy that I realized that this is an actual issue because the therapist asked me so tell me about your father tell me about your mother and as soon as she said father I started crying like unbelievable like it was just a it was just yeah. a key word that got me I, th- I know it's definitely something I should uh, I, I've had a conversation with him and stuff like that and he's very jokingly about it because that's the kind of guy he is yeah. but that was the first time I ever witnessed my f- your father who's supposed to be like your rock your superhero in a very compromising position and that's I, how I can relate to the whole position with you with your father yeah I definitely agree like this whole situation that happened to me I've like my father is like the typical man who like doesn't express his emotions or feelings at all but like after that whole thing happened I've seen him cry so much and express how much he like cares for my sister and I and our family and then just like this whole thing of mortality like even just going away for college and not like living with them like you grow so much of an appreciation for your parents and how much they take care of you especially like in a situation like ours when ours are like immigrants and like like I can't imagine like I appreciate them so much because I know that the life we're living now is something that they would have never thought of growing up like Mm -hmm. they grew up in a different country they never thought there would be like in my case with my parents a war that happened in their country forced them to leave to a new country and assimilate to everything because I knew there were a lot of rough things that happened to them when they first came to America like they've told me a lot that like my dad came here when he was 13 and went to high school actually at my high school not knowing any English and he got bullied so much him and his brothers and sisters got bullied so much for not knowing English and then my dad had to drop out of college because he was going to community college just to take care of his family because in his family there's like 12 other siblings and he's one of the oldest and so like in order to take care for the rest of the siblings he had to drop out of college and sacrifice his education and making more money in the future just for his current situation and family right now which i appreciate so much and like i feel like i've realized that like with my parents like all they do in their lives is just like work and take care of us like work and them are just their lives they don't have any much hobbies or friends or anything like those are the two things that they care about and like it's like sometimes sad to see because i want them to like enjoy things but they say they find enjoyment so seeing me happy i don't mean but that's exactly how it is for my uh, my father my father uh he didn't graduate high school my father came from an alcoholic household and his mother, my grandmother, love you, rest in peace. She there was just a constant uh, flow of different people in and out, and so my father had uh, to drop out of high school to take care of my aunts who are younger than him. Yeah. So he's been the man of the house ever since he was a kid. Like he was, and he has all this. He has this condition, but he still manages managed to do that. And I feel so guilty that I'm living this life. I'm going out. I'm doing things. I got to travel the world. I'm 
sitting here doing this podcast with you. Yeah. I'm getting this master's degree. And he never got to do that. And uh, but, but he says, listen, my success is your success. Your success is my success. You're the best thing that's ever happened. And it's just, I feel guilty, you know, kind of like the way you do. I know. And I think it's a whole clashing of cultures, too, because in America, like, obviously family is important, but not to the degree they put it in Asia and, like, how much family is, like, an integrated system or anything because there's no retirement homes or anything in Asia. Like, your grandparents live with you as you grow old and everything. And then I'm, like... I used to hate that, like, growing up in high school, like, not the whole family idea, but just, like, how different our values were, but now I'm glad, like, they kind of instilled the importance of family to me, because I see it so much now, and I'm, like, really appreciative for my parents and everything that they do for us. Parents definitely, Will Smith says that parents don't understand, but I it's here the song. Parents just don't understand. Uh, I just think parents try their hardest to give us the best of that they can. And oftentimes we get angry at that or we get uh, we feel like they don't understand. But that's just them trying their hardest so we don't end up in the same position that they are. We yeah. they want better for us, just like we're gonna want better for our kids. Am I gonna want my kids to go to Drexel? Absolutely not. I'm gonna want them to go to <laughs> University of Pennsylvania or Harvard or Yale, you know? Am I gonna want them to uh, join the military? No, I want them to go to college so they can support themselves do all that. I know, like, I mean, something I've been thinking about a lot, I mean, it's so far ahead of my time, but it's just, like, raising kids. If it were to happen, and I'm just, like, I want them, like, to quote-unquote suffer or go through, like, the same growing pains and hardship as I did so they develop into an independent, grown person. But I know that when you have kids, like, you hear it all the time, it's, like, a new form of love and everything. And all you want to do is, like, spoil them and everything and, like, raise them to be, like, well and, like, give them everything. And, like, obviously I feel like as, like, the person who I am, if I had kids, like, that will end up being me, like, being that Pinterest mom, like, giving them everything and, like, the best things and, like, spoiling them, even though that's, like, because, like, they care for you. They do understand, like, coming from that point, but, like, they just want you to have the life that you never have, even though, like, growing pains, like, teach you a lot about who you are and everything. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. All right, that was some heavy stuff that we were talking about before the break, but I think it's a really important conversation that we were having yeah. that a lot of people need to have. Um, or a lot of people don't realize until yeah. it's, like, spoken. I'm letting you all know right now, it is really important to get things off your shoulders, get things off your chest. It's not good to hold it in. So I want to let you... I learned from lots of experience. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to let you guys know, if you ever feel like talking or if you just want something to get off your mind, feel free to DM this page. And if you want, if you think you can help somebody with what you want to say, come on the show and I'll more than gladly have you on. Liz can come on with me yeah. and we'll, we'll have a conversation about the, just the three of us. Or even if you're afraid to say anything to anyone, like I've done journaling and that's yeah. the first step. It helps so much. Even if you're angry and writing something crumpling away, like as stupid as that sounds, yeah. it works. <laughs> Find an outlet, something that makes you happy, something that makes you positive, and just stick to it. Do something that makes you, you. Yeah, and don't, like, try to distract yourself and overwork yourself like I did. Like, feelings are real, and they are there. Confront them. I'm in the accelerated graduate program. 
because I was trying to mask my feelings. That's why I joined the accelerated program because I was trying to like bury Just, myself in work to distract my feelings. Is it working out in my favor? Absolutely. Probably not. <laughs> I'm about to find out. But so. we're trying our absolute hardest and we're making it work. Yeah. So we're going to shift it up a little bit. Okay. Liz, we were out there. We were listening to Kehlani on the radio. We've been listening to a lot of music. Um, all day. We earlier we were listening to uh, R and B, and then we were listening to uh, summer jams of the two thousands, yeah. and then last thing we listened to was Kehlani. Um, an artist that I've been listening to a lot lately um, is Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, he's my all time favorite musician. I've, I've seen that. You, you know that. Yeah. Um, but he has a new album coming out. It's called Tickets to My Downfall. And it's a pop punk album. So it's a switch up from uh, from his rap stuff. But he's just doing like a little exciting experiment. And I'm really excited for it. Do you have a... What kind of music are you into? Um, I think we talked about this last time. But yeah, R&B. And who I've been listening to? Um, Janae Aiko. But like... So the thing is with me, I'm really picky with music, really? so I don't li- I don't listen to a lot of new music. I like cycle through my old history. I like going back on nostalgic stuff. Like that's kind of the like I like rediscovering songs. Like especially when I pass, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. I don't know. Like I feel like it's really hard for me to find like new music I like. It like especially because I don't listen to the radio that often, and I feel like well now that I'm home, I'm driving more, so I kind of do, but like. All I hear on the radio is like songs from TikTok, and I'm just like, uh. I just think with the radio, it's the same thirty songs yeah. over and over. Yeah, it's not what I like either. So it like takes me a lot, and I don't like the curated playlists oh like Spotify has for you. It's supposed to be like your Discover Weekly. I feel like they're so bad at it. You don't know what I'm into Spotify. Yeah, sure. I know. And, like, I feel like the songs I saved in all my playlists, like, it's a whole bunch of, like, random, but, like, I mainly listen to So, you, listen, you mainly listen to, your, like, your liked playlist? Yeah, so, like, my liked playlist, I, like, it's a mess, but, like, I don't like unliking or deleting any songs from it because I, like going through and seeing like my change in styles and songs I like because I think I have like about 400 songs in my likes I like wow. I like going back through my history and it's like oh I used to listen to that and everything what is something on your playlist that you wouldn't suspect people wouldn't suspect oh I have a lot of songs from musicals I am like actually a little bit of a musical are you yeah have you seen Hamilton yes I was I got Disney plus just so I could see it I actually haven't seen it yet so that's... it's so good but, like, I listened to the Hamilton playlist so much in high school, like, yeah. when it first came out. And, like, I don't know, it's so weird, but, like, I listened to that playlist and lay Miss to study all throughout oh, really? high school. So now whenever I hear any of those songs, I, like, think to, like, especially, like, AP Gov. Like, I AP Gov! What that. a throwback! Yeah! I listened to those to study for that class, and then so now whenever I hear it, I'm just like, oh, God. Jeez. So so a song on my playlist, I don't think you would actually think, it's called Reproduction by Grease 2. <laughs> Grease 2 is a movie. Uh, yeah. It's the horrible, uh, worst version of the two Grease movies. And the yeah. song goes, Reproduction, Reproduction. It's just really bad. It's like, it's crappy <laughs> acting, crappy sitting, singing. And then so I have the entire Grease 2 playlist on there. And then uh, every now and then I'll listen to... Shout out to the BTS army. Every now and then I'll listen to like BTS, oh but like God. I'm not a huge fan of them. But like uh, right now I'm listening to a song called Spring Day, and uh, it's just it's a bop, you know. Like and then you don't want to like it's not that I don't like them as a band. It's just I really can't stand their fans. Like, yeah. Their fans think that they're so like 
oh my god, BTS ARMY, they're the greatest, like, ah. And, like, my cousins are like that, too, and, like, I mean, I love them, but, like, it drives me nuts, like, I don't understand, like, you're shoveling all this money in towards, like, these group of guys, and then... The thing is, like, the uh, Korean, like, uh, music industry and, like, the Japanese music industry, it's so, like, like commercial and, like, robotic. Like they See, and that's why I don't want to, like, be, like, I don't, not, don't like supporting them, but I feel weird about, like, being, like, one of those K-pop bands. I mean, obviously, the degree where they go is, like, insane in itself. Yeah. But just, like, how their music industry works, it's, like... You audition and everything. It's so robotic. Like you said, it's not like pure talent. Like they get trained and everything. And it's like boot camp kind of. It's it's not like, I don't think it's healthy. And that's why so many yeah. of them are succumbing to mental conditions, mental uh, illnesses and suicide because of all the things that they're going through. Like that's not normal. There's something needs to be done for people to realize like that's not healthy. That's yeah. That's why I'm not like. I'm trying not to be a big fan of, like, K-pop. No. Like, I don't support how they operate, which I, like, I don't know. I feel like the fans, like, they have to realize that, and, like, they're, like, them supporting just, like, leads them into more pressure and, like, mental deterioration for, like, the individual, but... Having to keep this uh, persona, like, some going yeah. strong, even though you're really not the persona. Yeah. But, like, uh, when I was growing up, I really liked this band called S Club 7. They were this, uh, you ever hear of them? No. So they were, like, K-pop before K-pop. But they're from, like, England. Mm -hmm. And they were, like, a curated band that was, yeah, they auditioned yeah. and everything. And they have songs like Never Had a Dream Come True or uh, Bring It All Back. And it was, they used to have their own TV show. But, like, that's, like, the kind of music I'm listening to in my headphones like when nobody thinks I'm listening to <laughs> I'm listening to like really poppy like music for like teenage girls in oh the late 1990s I mean yeah that stuff's like the good stuff like really throws you back that's like what I found out about my music taste like I like cycling through listening to songs that give me nostalgia and like memories and like throw me back to like the good times I don't know I just like that feeling I get when I listen to music I feel like my music taste is like it's really weird. Everybody's got a weird. Uh, my all-time favorite band I've said before is Blink One Eighty Two. So I I feel like everybody has like a, that musician or band that relates to who you are as a person. Thing like I listen to music, like for people in the music industry or like music majors or anything, or like produce their own songs. Like I like appreciate them so much. Like they like I don't know how their ear works or everything to listen like listen to be really how it plays because like I've talked to some and like what they say about music I'm just like I just listen because it sounds cool. I'm just like I listen for the aesthetic. Or, like the words like with rap like I don't like rap because it just sounds like them talking. So I listen for aesthetic but then there's people who like actually understand what they're saying or it's just like it's so meaningful and everything and then I'll like listen to like the same song like 50 times not realize how dirty it actually is until yeah. a lot later and then I'm just like oh shit. like they say that and then I was like I just listen because like it like blows on like sounds good so a few weeks ago you texted me you said Brandon you need to watch this movie called The Social Dilemma it reminds me of uh, the, class, the stuff we learned in Al Stegman's class New Technologies and Communication uh, I've watched about 20 minutes of it. I didn't get too deep into it. I guess I got distracted by Love is Blind, which is <laughs> the trashy, trashy reality, reality TV. TV. 
well, that's a different story. But uh, so, what did you think of the social dilemma? Just the like the whole idea about like how we're the product basically, and how they like curate all the algorithms to us in order to stay on their page. That has actually like resonated with me a lot, and like I find like through like especially like I went on Instagram after I watched the movie, obviously, yeah. like because we're all like fiends for it. But I was just like, wow, they're like curating like this stuff so i like keep on staying on the page and like how they set up notifications to remind you like oh we're there we want to attract you to go back on our app and everything yeah they have this like example to personify like all these social media companies and algorithms and apps of these three people on a control panel trying to control the phone on this guy's phone to keep him engaged on the app and then they had like a thing where the kid makes a promise to his mom that he wouldn't use his phone for a week so he would get a new phone and then so you see the um peop- the personification of these social media companies trying to like engage his phone and develop notifications so he could get back on and then like the one thing they did was like send a notification about how his ex has a new girlfriend and then he got like fiend into it he saw that and then he he like broke the deal with his mom and like found his phone and then like started going on and then i'm just like these companies are like manipulating us and like even and the one worker who like works for pinterest or facebook that they interviewed he's just like yeah and then i i like say all this but then i come home at night and then i'm attached to my phone like i'm even a victim to it even though i know what i'm doing to myself so, I don't know. I like. I think we're all like attached to it in our own different ways. Like, uh, for me, I'll put my phone in my pocket and I'll probably go two blocks before I check it again. But I know there's people that are constantly checking this, they are always on it. Like, I have to put on my Snap story, I have to put on my Instagram story. Yeah. And, like, I, so I deleted a lot of my social media in the beginning of 2020. Like, right in the beginning, I made, it like, a promise to myself. So, I deleted Snapchat first. And then, like, within the first week, I found myself, like, intuitively just picking up my phone and trying to open Snapchat okay. just to look at myself. Like, it was, like, a force of habit. And then I, like, that made me realize, it was like, wow, am I that, like, vain? Or just, like... I'm, like, that, like, habituated to doing that, but, like, after, like, a month of deleting, I, like, stopped doing that, and I'm just, like, but, like, when I first did that, I was just, like, wow, like, I am, like, I didn't think I was, like, as addicted to social media as other people, but I was, like, it's definitely, like, played a part on me. I try my hardest to just narrow my addiction to one thing. Instagram is my thing, like, I'm always on Instagram, but at the same time, I, uh, I used to have a Facebook, but it was entirely too much to handle because just so much streaming on there and then you don't know what people are going to do and everything you post one thing and people are always commenting on your things going back and forth especially as of late with politics and i try my hardest not to go on instagram how um, on facebook however i am executive board for social media for a few clubs so i have to keep my facebook up for that reason But I pray for, I hope for the day where I'm not on the, on the board anymore so I can officially delete my Facebook, you oh know? I, like, want to delete my Facebook, but I have so many, like, accounts linked to it. So I'm just like, I can't delete Spotify it. Spotify or Yeah, YouTube. I know. So I'm like, oh, I can't delete it. And, like, that's the, like, I want to delete all my social media, like, in general. But I, like... Our culture has been so ingrained to it. Like, you can't get, like, new... Like, I don't even have... Like, I feel like 
very uncultured because all, all I only have is like Facebook and Instagram. I only I don't even have Twitter or anything. I don't want to get TikTok. I don't understand that. Like it that makes me feel so old. Do you not? Do you have TikTok? You don't use it at all? Or? No, I see TikToks through Instagram, but like it's amazing how like integrated social media has come for like our careers and everything like having a linkedin or facebook it's become integral and then i was like um it's amazing but like i don't like that because i wish i had the option like not to have it because as a modern like young professional you're kind of like obligated to have these social media platforms and stay connected and like i just don't like what it's doing to like our minds to definitely turn us into brain scramble um something that we all got to work on what about shows what kind of shows are you into uh i don't watch a lot of tv even though i've had all this time i like it's the same thing with music i don't like exploring new things so i like sticking to what i'm used to which i guess is oh, like a part of my personality just like resistant to change but i oh i finished umbrella academy oh season one and two or yes you, which, okay so spoilers coming spoilers coming okay so season two was absolutely amazing yeah that ending though, i know letting you know right now one more time if you have not finished yeah. umbrella academy season two or season one stop listening or listen if you or feel listen. like watching okay it. <laughs> so no control over that it. ending yeah. With Ben. Oh my god. And he sacrificed himself earlier too. Yeah. Like, oh. And what about when Ben uh possessed uh what's his face? Uh, Klaus. Klaus and then had that moment with Diego. Oh yeah, my that was gosh. So cute. And like you know, I'm like support Asian representation. Yes. So I was like happy when Ben was like so starting to get a bigger role. Because he didn't have much of a role. In the yeah, first I season. know. So I was like, the ending made me happy because I was like, ooh, the next season he's probably gonna be a bigger part of it. I just think that the the relationship that him and Klaus have is something special, you know. Yeah. Like, but like Klaus plays him so much, he's like, no, Ben, Ben, dead uh, people can't time travel, even though they clearly can. They all have such interesting, like, powers, like... Let's like, let's be honest, alright? Luther and Diego have, like, the least interesting yeah, powers. Yeah, they're all just, like, physical. Like, him's just, like, being an ape, and then Diego's is, like, knife skills. Yeah, but, like, I, I really wish I could have, like, Klaus pow- Klaus's powers, or... Uh, I think, yeah, his powers are definitely underestimated, like, being able to talk to the dead. Yeah, and then he can, like, channel people to do yeah. things. But, like... Ben's powers are like on a whole other level. He's had like these <laughs> octopus pen- tentacles that come yeah. out of his body that just like destroy people. Yeah. But I think that rumor power too would that's just. That's like, that's what I would want. I heard a rumor, yeah. That you, it's mind control right there. I heard a rumor that you, Brandon graduated top of his class and got a good ass job. Yeah. That's what I would use it for. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that show was, I, I'm, like, surprised that I got into it. I was, like, I started it in California because I was, like, bored, and then I finished it within a week, and I was, like, it's good. I can't wait for the next season. The the way the, the cliffhanger at the end? Yeah. The Sparrow Academy? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What about Reginald Hargraves, the father, is actually, like, a freaking alien? Taking... That, oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. He just tears apart everybody in their room yeah and the fact that they use like the jfk shooting and everything to like i don't know base the season off of like i thought that was really interesting too number five is he your 
like a favorite character? Ben. Number number five. Oh, him. He. Uh, when okay, so I really didn't like when he was like, taught when. Like he was fighting with his older self or whatever. That was a little like, weird. The two timelines, like he annoyed me with that. Yeah, number five annoys me because he's so like controlling. But he's ahead of his like he's literally a sixty year old in a thirteen year old. Yeah, body. when like it was so confusing, I didn't understand it or like it like took me a lot to wrap around that he's like a much older than the rest of the gang, but. Yeah, number five. I don't know. I don't like him. I like... And the thing is, like, they knew from the first season that, like... um, What's her name? Ugh, I know Ellen... I know by her actor's name, Ellen Page. Yeah, Ellen Page. What's her name uh, in the show? We'll look up right now. Oh, Vanya. Vanya. Yeah, they knew Vanya, like, caused the apocalypse then. So, like, I feel like they should have figured it out that, like, for season two, Vanya's gonna cause it again. But, I mean, they were at least, like, able to, like, save it. Uh, Vanya just gets on my nerves so much. Especially, like, the whole amnesia game thing that she was doing. I personally think she knew everything that was going on. She didn't have amnesia. She just wanted to forget, you know? I never thought of it that way. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't like Vanya, but I have sympathy for her. Just the way, like, the whole family treated her growing up but yeah like i just don't like vanya because she's like the cause of like everything and all the problems yeah but like i also feel bad because like like i said before like it's kind of not her fault it's like her emotions and how her past do you know why she has those because she doesn't talk about her feelings to anybody. Yes. She talk it. about your feelings. <laughs> so you don't bring it to an apocalypse. Yeah. Words. But yeah, Liz, we've talked about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, everything ranging from your signs to your... your growing pains. Growing pains. Uh, 16 questions. What was it? Uh, personality. 16 personalities. We really went in today. Yeah. And I just want people to know, like, where... where is there anything that you want to plug before we um, you plugged PRs to say last time yeah do you want to plug anything else like we said before talk about your feelings mental health is important and care for everyone that's out there be a good person Mr. Rogers neighborhood that same message we just live Mr. Rogers neighborhood but our, a few uh, weeks a few months ago Liz I had the uh, I asked you if you wanted to be a regular on the show, and this is something that's turning it out to be. I didn't feel like this was you as my guest. I felt like this was you as, like, a co-host. A co-host. I would love to be one. And uh, I would love to have you on as a co-host yeah. now. So we can do... We I hope can, nobody's bored of me listening. No, it's a great stuff. So I feel like the next person I have on the show, I would love to have you on as a co-host so we yeah, can interview them together. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And I will let I will see you all around. And see y'all next week, all right? Bye. Bye, guys. And that is a wrap, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see y'all again next week. And remember, you don't need to cover your ears when you wear a mask to listen.